0: Gonna see who goes first there. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Movie Schmovie Podcast. It's been it's been a minute, or whatever a minute times three weeks would equate to. Nothing Um, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Life life gets busy sometimes. Priorities take effect, and uh, not that we don't love you, but we need to take take care of some other things first. Yeah. Uh, But we are back with episode number sixty two, and since it's been a you know three weeks, like I said. We're going to kind of just take this uh episode and kind of dedicate it to just catching up. I mean, we haven't even act gotten together the three of us in, in that much time mm-hmm, um mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. even discuss what we've seen, let alone kind of theme an episode. So, John suggested we kind of get together and just say, "Hey, you know, what did you see this week, last right. week?"
1: So, I, I, I texted was...
2: Steve and I I said, "Remember remember when we used to do that podcast together? <laughs> way back, way back when. What
1: do you think about getting the podcast together again? Right. Let's
0: get the old band together for one more show."
1: <laughs> uh Enter a- montage of us getting ready, getting our yeah. suited up. You could get some good sound right in there, like some yeah. like good <laughs> '80s song or something. I don't even
0: know. And you can just imagine us like uh, some power ballad. Yeah. yeah, power ballad.
1: So, um, I didn't watch many movies, but I did do something really neat while uh, we weren't together. I started on a comic book series that is blowing my freaking mind open. What? Sorry. So, and this is related to some of the one of the movies that we talked about, uh, Batman. Okay. There is a series, uh, called Death of the Family, um, in which Joker. So, in the story, uh, in the new 50, the new 52, the DC comics, um, I'm not going to pretend I haven't read Death of the Family already. So. Okay, you read it yeah. already? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I, yeah. I want to talk about it because it is, it is. Is shaking Folks, me up. Folks,
2: there are comic books stacked in various corners of the basement right, right. Have you been, okay, I'm, so, not,
1: I'm not a secret comic
2: book reader, right, right. but it's not something I lead with, you know?
1: <laughs> so, apparently, like, a year ago... I'm not ashamed, Ronald. Right, nothing wrong with that. Uh, Joker got his face cut off and disappeared from comics for an entire year, right? Yeah. So, he reappears... Uh, and his face is well.
2: He was kind sh- enough to find his old face yeah. and like
1: use a belt sh- or something to kind of strap it back onto his head. And and I haven't I haven't finished reading it, but basically it follows all the people in the Batman world that are Batman is not just Batman anymore. He's like X Men almost. He has a couple people behind him, uh, Bat Girl, Red Hood, all these people helping him now. So Joker kind of reemerges as this. Uh, this figure, and he wants to destroy his family because he feels like Batman has become weak and soft and fat while um, he's been having these people support him. But his approach to doing all this stuff is very different than he ever has done it. Mm -hmm. Where it used to be jokey and playful, he wants to murder these people. Well, I would feel like
2: this storyline in the comic really seems to pull from... And I don't read like I I, mm-hmm. I read the Batman comic. I don't mm-hmm. re- I haven't read all the the other like Batwoman and all that stuff. I'm reading it.
1: all the side comics too. Yeah, so I haven't done those. I haven't done those, to those to but
2: I've I followed the Batman. I just that was one of the few comics that oh, I was right. like, I'm just going to buy this just because mm-hmm. you know yeah. I like the art and I like the the writer. Absolutely. Um, but it feels like they were really pulling from the Heath Ledger uh, mm-hmm. version of the Joker in the sense that he's this kind of like he's a, like a you know a truly like a pretty scary yeah dangerous sociopathic guy but like the way that he views his relationship with batman yeah the story is all about him kind of trying to draw drive a wedge between batman and all the people that 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 he's like formed this little extended family with like in the comics there have been several robins and there's been so there's all these different levels of people that used to work with batman so yeah Yeah. it's all about like breaking up the that that group breaking up that little family
1: various means yeah it's that feeling that i used to get when I read comic books when I was younger. And and it's it's exciting to get a storyline, especially through DC. Because DC's not really known as a stronger of the two in a right. lot of people's eyes. To kind of see what the new 52 has brought about. And if anybody doesn't know, a lot of the properties had been reset. Um, because the image was pretty bad. Like, the image of DC's been bad. With, with the exception of some of the, like, break-off comics that mark miller and, and and a lot of other well, people. especially with regard to the movies uh, yeah, yeah The marvel has had a lot of success
2: obviously with, right. with launching their kind of comic book universe on screens with mm. iron man and 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 thor and avengers and there's you know there's five or six more movies planned dc has had batman and that's and, it and that's really it now they're about yeah. to get superman started with man of steel which i don't know if you guys have seen the latest trailer for for that it, you know there's, there, looks I, I believe, I think it looks, I believe yeah, enough I'm, in I'm, Zack Snyder's ability to put together a, a really nice looking movie yeah. that if the script to that is good yeah, I think that it's it, gonna be I wonder if it's tremendous. gonna be a little too serious but you know I don't know that maybe that's just the way they do these things now is they try to make them yeah but I mean Super like Super one of the things I loved about the old Richard Donner Superman movies was just that the lightness of the, the tone of those was really yeah. very but, comic book but game. it
1: still wasn't it still wasn't so light that you didn't take it seriously right. so you're like man Batman I mean Superman's it's it's a cool character but there's some i like the lightness to it yeah with the exception but of right, Richard Bryan.
2: You know. As we were saying yeah. though, about so what they did with the new fifty two, it's funny how that both comic book companies have done this thing where they've tried to relaunch everything so that new readers might be turned who might see the movies and might want to mm-hmm. buy the comics are not going to be scared when they pick up Batman and it says issue five hundred and thirty or yeah, something. Yeah, which is People the worst. Would, so everybody's the big thing now is that they're all about resetting and renumbering, mm-hmm. and after even a couple of years now, they'll just start a title over mm-hmm. because it's like the idea is if someone goes into the comic shop, they want it to be like a jumping on point. Yeah. I honestly don't know if that happens like you know uh,
1: it still I, happens though well it's hard to picture. get overwhelmed i think
2: there are certain people i think there's there's a mainstreaming of it but still the 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 act of going down to the comic shop and buying new comics the day they come out is still a very uh, you know very small <laughs> section of society yeah. that, that that will do that you feel i sometimes feel a little bit like i've gone to like a porn shop or something yeah. like that when i buy comics like i hope people that don't think i'm just down here to buy comics i you know i'm right, also right. a grown up I'm, I'm buying like cleaning supplies and things like that
1: yeah so the the series uh death of a family is about 24 comics um it's about four or five uh main comics and then the tie-ins it's about 19 or so and it is I'm reading the the tie-in comics with it so reading the the main Batman comics and the Batman and Robin comics with it make it so much crazier cuz you're seeing the references how the how the villains are coming together. That's another thing that's happening, too. I mean, not to give too much away, but basically he's collecting people. No one people is listening to help.
2: this is going to go buy the comic right. books, Ronald.
1: He's collecting <laughs> people to, like, help him. So that's that's also, like... If you're out
2: there and you're listening and you're going to buy comic books, you've probably already discovered falling, comic yeah, books yeah, and you're right. reading
1: them. You know about this already. But
2: you can also now hit me and Ronald up because you know we can talk comics. Exactly. What so, what other comics, before we move on,
1: what, what other comics do you read? Do, um. Well, let me see. Uh... It's funny you should ask that cuz I got a bunch cuz he of doesn't them. know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is funny. So I'm reading I'm reading um I just got what's her face uh Hit Girl. I just got that one. I just got the Hit Girl individual comic mm-hmm. and I'm reading Kick-Ass 2 simultaneously. Um and I'm reading Marvel uh Annihilation uh and I'm trying to get into the new Spider-Man, and I don't know how I'm feeling about it. The one with the the yeah. black the the Hispanic kid that's gay. Oh, and he like Hispanic, and like gay? the alternate
2: universe Spider-Man. Yeah, where Peter like Parker
1: died. Yeah, that one. Um, so those what ones. and yeah. thief and thief of thieves. That's what I have to yeah, add to right. the conversation. <laughs> exactly. And and also Jeffrey Brown. That's like, did we talk about Jeffrey Brown books? I don't think so. Jeffrey Brown is like a. a I don't know man. He he his his stuff is all autobiographical. So it's like things about him losing his virginity to a woman that he loved that treated him like shit eventually. Him having a cat. Who, who's who's popular? Um would probably be Ronald. No, nah, it's actually not mine. Um <laughs> no, I should be uh Somebody keeps we keep getting the little chime. No, I was off. Yeah, that, maybe that was my iPad. <laughs> so yeah. all this technology, <laughs> right. All right? All the technology going off. But those are the ones I'm reading right now. Thief of Thieves, I just started, mm-hmm. but that's my that's my rotation right now. I needed. I'm still reading Death of the Family. I'm I'm getting towards the end. I'm like out of 24 comics. I'm like I'm 12 in. So that's that's the focus right now. Once mm-hmm. I finish that, then I'll start reading the other ones that I've been collecting.
2: There's a uh... There's a comic called Fatal that I
1: think I recommended to you. So funny, yeah.
2: That I'm I'm enjoying a lot. And uh, Marvel actually has a, a Daredevil series going on right the now. The
1: Daredevil series that, is so that, that's really
2: well written and the art's really great. And uh, well, there you go. Yes, yeah. yeah. so he just showed me that he's reading Fatal on his uh, <laughs> on his iPad. I can only imagine that those titles arrived legally and through some paid service. Right? Oh yeah, anyway. that's what they tell me. But you know. Um, I, I'm sure there are others that I would think of otherwise. Oh, Saga by uh, this written by Brian K. Vaughn and uh, with art by Fiona Staples. That mm-hmm. that's an interesting kind of sci-fi comic that's been going on for about a year. There's a lot of really cool stuff that's happening in that world. I think what's interesting is that with the advent, the, you know, the same reason that you see all these movies that are based on all these kind of nerd properties like uh, the Transformers uh, uh, movies and and all the superhero things, it's like it's apparent that people of you know, I I can look and I can tell, oh, this is when the people of my age demographic started running Hollywood because all these properties from when I was a kid started getting made into movies. And I think with comics right now, what they've done is they've realized who's buying comics, like yeah. where they're finding new audiences is not by marketing to kids. It's by marketing to grownups who still like that kind of storytelling. Yeah. And so in that sense, I think there's a lot of cool things going on right now, a lot of storytelling. Uh, in comics, where you'll see that the writers of that comic are also writing for television series or are yeah. developing movies and things like that. Like, there's a lot of synergy between what's going on in comics and what's going on in in filmed entertainment. Yeah, definitely.
1: So, it's, Steve, it's a good time to w- read w- comics.
2: Uh, I know you're a big football fan. Do you want to like interject some like <laughs> go Ravens? Yeah, exactly. Something <laughs> something with a little more. That's uh, all I got. A little more testosterone, testosterone behind it. Okay. <laughs> no, no, you guys got it
0: covered. <laughs> yeah. I'll allow the uh, comic book rant. <laughs> Because yeah. you know it feeds a lot of these movies that we end up. We'll, we'll probably be talking about in a couple of years. Oh know? yeah, definitely. The, these these uh, resources that these the comic books serve as are just. I mean, most of the films that we or some of the films that we have on our top film lists year in and year out sometimes are even you
2: know, some, some of the unexpected, unexpected ones. ones. You know? Is it weird yeah. that
1: I think Walking Dead has revitalized comic books?
2: Um, I think it's part of that movement. Yeah. And if you ask a, a comic shop owner, I bet they'll tell you that Walking Dead brought them more new new customers sure. than the Avengers movie did. Yeah. Cause I think the Avengers movie appeals to uh, such a wide spectrum of people that people can come out of that movie and go awesome and not ever feel like they need to follow up on it. But right, I think right. walking dead is that, that niche where people totally. are going, what this has got a hundred issues out right, of it. Right.
1: Right. What is going yeah, on in and this And like, world?
2: and like one, and th- the temptation was to maybe read the comic to figure out what was going to happen in the show. But that's one thing about walking dead, um, which I think we were talking about before we started recording that it's, you know, it's a pretty flawed show in a lot of ways, but um, one thing that it's done that's kind of interesting is it's distinct from the comic. You could yeah. re- you could read every issue of that comic and still not really have a firm idea of where the show is going. So they've done a good job of kind of diversifying. That's pretty neat. Yeah, or at least they've done a they've done a very watchable job of diversifying.
1: Yeah, I won't say it's a good
2: job because there's some <laughs> that's some stuff. When when we do TV Schmeevy, we'll get to <laughs> we'll, we'll unload all our yeah. feelings about
1: that. Uh, yeah. Um, so what movie says, but that?
2: now that Ronald has opened the uh, field up to yeah. things we've done and we're into that aren't a movie. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's, there's no, uh there's no parameters to this podcast anymore. Ronald, we could now just talk about like a new pair of shoes we bought. We could talk about a good, I'll say
0: right now, have. I bought the first ever pair of shoes in my life that cost more than $30. Really? Really? Yes. I bought my first pair of Nike running shoes, ah. not the ones I'm wearing now, okay. obviously, But uh, yeah, man, I felt very good about it. I used them today for the very first time, and um, they were $50 at the Nike outlet. And I'm very happy with my purchase (sighs) now that it's open. I'll say that right now.
1: I'm not even trying to humble brag. but It's the
0: Nike Lunar Glide 4.
1: How do they feel? Amazing. I see. I need to invest in some running shoes. I've never owned a You've pair in my never life. Spent over fifty dollars on a pair. Of shoes. Ever? He said over thirty. Uh,
0: over thirty. Probably. 30. Can I take thirty something? to forty at the most? I don't really care if about I t- shoes.
1: I know. If I told you, see, they,
0: they, they, I? they cover my feet. That's really can all. Can I tell care. you? How, how am much a decade I'll I'll older than you? My, but I started
2: spending more than thirty on shoes like I feel like fifteen years ago.
0: Nah, man. No,
2: nah, I can't. I can't do it. Are you buying like? Are you going to outlet stores or something like that? Are you finding? I'm hitting
0: the outlets up. Yeah, you know,
2: just wherever I
0: can get shoes, clearance shoes. I don't really give a shit i don't i mean i don't
2: i Is mean that, like Ronald, the, are ronald's are a shoe you, guy like he collects shoes yeah. i i shoe covers you one of those foot. guys that kills people for their shoes <laughs> um, no <laughs> comment see because that could be a trick you know <laughs> i've never spent this much
0: no but it. like now i started like running more and trying to get in better shape i realized that the shoes i own are, are not built for that yeah. Yeah, at all and they hurt right, my feet yeah. so now buy these shoes they're a little more expensive got a really great deal on them and I use them today for the first time and I see that I'm an idiot and I should have been using right. this for a very long time because mm-hmm. it feels completely different. And yeah. I mean, so, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm glad you uh, that, that's my on some
0: that's my things random things. throw in.
2: I'd like
1: to shout, throw out, to to in a shout out to
2: the uh, Italian cold cut sub out at Bagel Meisters in uh, Jarrettsville. I'm just kidding. I'm not going <laughs> to do this. Let's get let's uh, bring some structural integrity back to this mm. podcast. and Somebody talk about a movie.
0: Well, I mean, it's kind of been a weird period. I mean, even though we haven't been together, I really haven't been to the theater a whole lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've mentioned it multiple times in the past few episodes. It's like, this is a weird area of the year where Third time is what people I talk it. about a lot of great movies because of the end of 2012 and the upcoming, like the Golden Globes and the Oscars coming up this week, <clears throat> this weekend. But in theaters now, there's really not a whole lot of substance. The only film that I look at Rotten Tomatoes and see that is a fresh film, I think is only like one or two of them. And Like in wide release and one is uh, side effects, which I haven't had a chance to see
2: yet, but
0: everything else is like 40% or less.
2: Well, there was that weekend a couple of weeks ago when a lot of things we'd talked about dropped and I realized that I wasn't going to end up seeing them. (laughs) You know, it's like I realized I'm probably not going to see Identity Thief. I yep. might not make it out to see side effects. <laughs> Absolutely. And it wasn't just because there was stuff going on in my life at that time that would stop me. It was just like, I guess if we were, I guess maybe it's like if we're doing an episode and we're trying to figure out what movie we're going to yeah. talk about, we see a lot of things. Sure. And I, that actually ties into something. Uh, it's funny how getting ready to talk about a movie with you guys, you put so much thought into it. Do you ever mm-hmm. have this thing where you come in here and you talk about a movie and then you leave and it's maybe. If you ever listen to the episode later, you realize you don't even know if you had an opinion about the movie when you were talking about it. But now you do, because it's like after we did the episode, you informed yourself. I sort of decided that I really didn't like Warm Bodies that much after we did the episode. Right, and when, right. I, when I heard it, I was like shocked to hear myself kind of sounding favorable towards the movie. And I was sort of like, wait, I really thought I, 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 I wanted to come off a lot more negatively than I did. So I think a lot of times when you don't see those movies and we don't talk about them, that feeling, oh, i got to see, like, I've got to see Identity Thief. It's like sure. a, a week goes by and you're like, why do I got to? You know, yeah. there's nothing there's nothing like timeless about those movies. So I've actually been trying to catch up on some movies that I've, you know, there's a, there's a list of those movies from last year that I never saw that I'm, you know, I'm still trying to tick off that list. But yeah, yeah,
0: that's where I was going is that I think I, I've seen one film in theaters since we last got together, um and that was not a good film at all <laughs> and the rest of the movies i saw um that we can talk about is our films that i either had on a list in mm-hmm. you know in, in an app on my phone where i just keep track of what i eventually want to see just from hearing word of mouth or reading an article online and th- those films were just things i found on netflix or uh actually all of them were on netflix um
1: mm-hmm.
2: there's a lot of stuff on netflix that suddenly that's like that I was intending to see and didn't see, and now it's all—it's all Netflix
0: has really. I mean, beyond like kind of—I like, think compliance is
2: on Netflix. Yeah, beyond beyond mm. all the buzz Someone's they've gotten
0: that. for for their show House of Cards. I mean, they really <laughs> have. Uh, there's been a shift in, in their content recently where they've really. You guys should
2: know that tonight, Ronald is on something <laughs> called Marley's Mellow Mood. Yes. Bob Marley,
1: rest in peace.
2: If you remember back in 61, when Ronald <laughs> sounded like he had been shot with a horse tranquilizer, <laughs> he was thinking like he wanted to carry that energy forward mm-hmm. as much as possible. It worked very well for it him. It needs to be as
1: mellow this as possible. This stuff has melatonin in it, and it says reduces stress and relieves tension, decaffeinated. It also has a warning that I should not operate heavy machinery while I'm using this. I shouldn't have given you the old crank microphone. <laughs> to <use on> this. <laughs> So yeah, I gotta I gotta be careful with that. Do not mix with alcohol. <laughs> May cause drowsiness.
0: Well, that's that's the melatonin turning piece, I guess. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You feel?
1: Hey, do you it? think that's where mellow comes from? Mellow. Yeah, I,
0: I bet. I, th- I think it is. Yeah.
1: It. No. <laughs> just tell him yes. No, don't be a dick. I saw your face. <laughs> yeah, I
2: saw your face. I bet it's not. I bet it's not. <laughs> but it might be. You know what? It took me forever. I just realized this like in, a, in the last year that lug and luggage, that luggage is something you love. It mm. took me forever to realize. Mind it. blown.
0: There you go. Melatonin,
2: mellow, and the what? thing is, like, so what? surely, the, surely the word luggage is like an old word, but it sounds like a poly Shore kind of word, They're like luggage, <laughs> luggage,
1: a luggage,
2: You're gonna look it. yeah, weasel. It sounds like the first guy that said luggage, if someone was like, do, "Do you mean my suitcase?" <laughs> Out of my way, hippie. I, oh man! So, I what bet. was the movie you saw that that you thought pretty much sucked?
0: Uh, well, in theaters, I saw uh, the new film Safe Haven, which. Uh, is actually directed by Lassie Hallström, which I mean he's that's got some one of those credibility. Movies that when it came
2: out, the trailer wasn't even like a real trailer; it was like the commercial before the trailer started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. You know what I mean? Some movies seem like fake movies somehow. Yeah. And I guess Nicholas Sparks is kind of like it's a niche, right? He I just mean, like the... he just pumps it out. Yeah, I mean all all that all they have to do with these trailers
0: is be like. From the guy that brought you the notebook. Yeah. And the guy that brought you whatever the hell else that they yeah. put out by him, which is, it seems like there's like one every six months or something. Is, is this yeah. the
1: movie where the girl keeps
0: running away? She's like, I don't know if I could do this thing. It was sort of. Like, it's basically the only thing that intrigued me by it was that the trailer that I had seen, it almost made it look a little, I guess, I guess darker than most of his. Uh, mm-hmm. all, all of his stories and novels and films that are based on his novels have a bit of darkness to them in terms of like you know what the subject matter is with the mm-hmm. with the girl or what she's running from or what he's trying to hide but this one kind of like it reminded me in the trailer. Those, uh, are the,
2: that that's, that those are the columns. Like when Nicholas Sparks goes off to write, it's like, what's the girl running from? What's he trying to from?
0: Checklist. Later I, on, I, later I, on, I he spoke
2: with Nick. <laughs> Nick, yeah. He uses search he and replace me. to replace the girl with whatever character name he comes up with for the girl it, buddy. and then he with the guy. It's a formula, it's yeah. math. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do anything it's it's <laughs> math. You can't argue yeah. with So Gosling's gotten too big. <laughs> Rachel McAdams is off doing some show in Canada or something like that. Whatever. So it's like he got who? Julianne Huff and Josh Duhamel.
0: Yeah. But but the thing that even made me want to see it a little bit was because it, the trailer had a bit of I don't know if you remember Sleeping with the Enemy Yeah the Julia Roberts film I don't know it had like something about it like that just, This girls running away from an abusive relationship She stops in this seaside town down in North or South Car- North Carolina and uh, you know that's where she meets Josh D'Amour D- 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 <laughs> Yeah let's just say his Josh D'Amour whatever yeah. um, Fergie's husband. And
1: Fergie, you know, it's Joshua like,
2: Hormel.
0: It just seemed it seemed a little different. I mean, it's not at all. I mean, some of the movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, even do
2: Hormel. What are you doing? <laughs> Everybody in Hollywood changes their name mm-hmm. to be like to fit on the marquee better. Like the, when someone comes comes out with that name, you know that they're basically saying. You're going to have to think about this every time you right, say the right, name. Right. Like, does he right. not have a nice... I bet his middle name is something like Robert. He could have been right. Josh Josh Roberts. Joshua Roberts. Yeah.
1: yeah, Would have been so much easier.
2: But not the
0: case. Nope. And we just butchered your name, and that's <laughs> yeah. what you get for being there. What <laughs> I I an, be an asshole. Stupid uh, ass but <laughs> let me just say something real quick about this movie. Okay, so one, not good. <laughs> Two, a moment in the film where I went with my friend, and I was joking. 35, 40 minutes in the movie, joking. Mm. About a character in the film saying that she is a ghost. <laughs> Fucking laughing out loud in the theater. I whisper to her. We're both cracking up. I don't care if this is a spoiler. Nobody listening. to this podcast. I think officially it is a spoiler. but Nobody listening to this podcast. You can stop listening if you're going to go yeah. see Safe Haven or be <laughs> pissed that I ruined it for you. But I, I call this half—you know, 30, 40 minutes into the movie. Laughing our asses off in the theater. And I'll be damned, that is the twist in the movie. You made a joke. You didn't know the movie movie could sink
2: that low. I didn't think the
0: movie would actually (laughs) sink that low. And one of the characters, not the main girl, but one of the characters is a ghost. And only one character (laughs) sees her. And the whole time, like, it's really weird. Like, why is she not talking to other people? Why is she only around when the other girl is around? Why is she always off in the bushes looking at the other girl? This is weird. And then 20 minutes before the end of the movie, you're like, oh, my God. He's right, mm. and we are dying. And there's been a lot of articles about how we're d- I don't know if you guys have seen what the t- you know about yeah. that prior to this recording, but it's just ridiculous, like, yeah. it does not work. It's it's super heavy handed, and, and I mean, it goes for the, the heartstrings, especially where the reveal is with, with the fact that she actually is a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the only thing I can say about the movie that I really did enjoy, and that's because I love like coastal towns. Wherever they shot this film, I thought was absolutely gorgeous. A okay. lot of his movies were—they always are—they see, always seem to be shot in, um, you know, like these North Carolina, South Carolina towns. He's like, like
2: what's she, what's she running from? Yeah, uh, what's he trying to hide? And then what, what, what town did we not? What use pretty yet? location? Can we I think shoot they in?
0: used. I think they'd used. Wilmington and yeah. Southport, which are... both I've been to Wilmington before, and its I love it. It's gorgeous. And this town is so pretty. I mean, I would love to just live there. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can say about it. You know, some of the cinematography and just the shots I think are really, really impressive. But that's all I can say about the movie. Don't think Julianne Huff is ever going to be a star. I never liked anything she's really been in. I, I think she's like a background player. She's like a supporting actress that is a part of a group of friends in a movie or something like that. Yeah. I don't think she can carry a film... She kind of got on my nerves, you know, halfway through it. And Josh, I mean, I don't know. I I guess I don't really have one thing or care one way or the other about him. I mean, it's weird. Like, I always have this, like, feeling when I see movies where a year or two goes by and you see that guy pop up. Like, I think, like, he's one of these guys. Like, he was in that show Vegas and he was in Mm -hmm. Transformers and uh, went on a date with Tad Hamilton, which, oddly, I actually really like that movie, if you've ever seen that. Yeah, I've seen it. It's fun. But, like... These names that are like, they're that middle line actor or actress, but they mm-hmm. always pop up every couple years years in a leading role in a film. And they're like, how are they still trying to tell me that this guy is going to be a star? Right. And it's like, <clears throat> it always happens. And I feel like that's what's happening with her too now. Because she was in Footloose. She was in uh, Rock of Ages. She's in this. And all lead roles and none of them has she come off as anything but like yeah, It's like, it's like
2: well, yeah, a lot of times you see it like delayed over the course of like a year or so. The movies this person made when people thought maybe they could make him into a star. And it's yeah. almost like maybe after three strikes, maybe you don't. See them Conti- continue to yeah, pop continue up. Continue that. And for someone like Josh Mark Hamill, the way that he was sort of like <laughs> he was in bigger movies than this, and now yeah. he's in this, you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. there's a sort of like on his way out. kind Well, it's
0: of. almost like they're trying to say, like, okay, well, he was in Transformers, and that was a huge film, but not because of him,
2: right? Had and he had like, nothing okay, to do with it. And right? like,
0: okay, so how do we maybe let, let's put him in like a romantic comedy, drama, whatever, a Nicholas Sparks movie? Perfect. Yeah. Look what it did for Ryan Gosling. Okay, the difference is Ryan Gosling is actually like a good actor, mm-hmm. and that film was much better. And the subject, ma- you know, the actual source material of that they book. Was much better.
1: That was terrible in Vegas. I
0: mean, i yeah, I mean, I've only seen a handful Vegas. episodes of that show. I used but to watch that often. I've never really found Nikki, him to be anything beyond like a pretty boy, like yeah. a, a face to look at. And that's really all he is in this movie. And I don't know, man, it's weird. Like, you want, I, I want to see a movie like this be good. Like, I like Ronald was joking around me, I, I do like romantic films, like, I like romantic comedies, romantic dramas. Mm-hmm. There's something that can you know, a take away from them that I really enjoy when there's a good one. And, you know, like it's like Silver Linings Playbook, I mean, it's as out there. I mean, it's, it's a lot of different kinds of films, but there's a lot of romance and there's a lot of emotion in that movie you can take away mm-hmm. uh, between those two characters. And you believe it and you like and mm-hmm. trust it. And it's just like there's nothing. There's none of that in this film at all. But, I mean, I don't know. It's just not time of year, I guess. Like, OK, let's put it out around Valentine's Day. That's the best shot they have at letting this movie make money. And it's still flopped. And it's still just a, a really bad movie. So stay away. It, it's weird though, Lossie Halstrom. Like that's the other yeah, thing that threw other, me off. That's the
2: thing that threw me off too. Was when I, I had to kind of because I was like, wait, make a sure second. I read ma- the name ma- right.
0: Maybe maybe they're going to like actually make a good movie, or maybe there's going to be something else here. Like if they got him interested in it, not that he's made. A, I mean, he did salmon fishing yeah. in Yemen, which I know you loved. Yeah, <laughs>
1: you I actually,
0: did. you really liked it. I did. Um, you you I liked
2: it. You you really liked it. I felt like though when I looked <laughs> at when I saw that he directed it, um. I thought, I just thought it was strange because I was like, D- doesn't he make better movies? And then I looked at the last string of three or four and it, they weren't, there right. seems to be this kind of sappiness. That yeah, as I looked back, I in. saw
0: that he did Dear John, which yeah. is I
2: think another one of these like, you know,
0: disposable romantic films that, I don't know. Ah uh, man, it just it just it just doesn't. It's another Nicholas Sparks novel that you just. It's like he must be like the go-to guy now for his movie adaptations. One of them eventually will stick, I guess. Yeah. Maybe well,
2: maybe they're cheap enough to make, and there's a built-in audience for them or something. Right. I mean, that,
0: that's true. That's a really good point. Those and are
2: definitely. The thing is, with, I mean, it makes me think of like Tyler Perry or something, where there's yeah, almost like a little cottage industry is. within the film business. Like yeah. these are sort of impervious to critics. Maybe I, I don't know because, though. I haven't seen what. Safe Haven has done in terms of like box office, but With I know Netflix, all the reviews. And Redbox, are pretty there's,
1: bad. There's life for those movies, man. Mm-hmm. There's life for a couple sitting at home, snuggled <laughs> up watching a terrible movie like this. Well, the
0: reality is that the, because of the at home market now, yeah. like as it is, like these movies make money. I think this film was made for twenty eight million dollars, and it's it came out what it came out a week two weeks ago. And it's made thirty, almost thirty four million. Well, there's there's your answer. So then. Th- there's yeah. there, there's your audience. You're right. And I mean, going back to Dear John, came out Valentine's weekend three, you know, two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. Made enough money. You know what I'm saying? So you're right. I mean, there is those kinds of there are those kinds of films that they just pump them out. They're cheap to make. They get a decent director to to do something with a movie to get mm-hmm. an hour and a half running time, and then they make their money back in the theater like this one already has in two weeks. And then they hit the market at home, like Ronald's talking about, and that's where they really make their money.
1: I feel like Sandra Bullock was doing, like, oh, she's 80 like, of those. <laughs> oh, no, she's, like, a
0: pro at those movies. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's just, it's just weird, though, because I guess I'm just, like, I don't know. I guess I'm just way more critical of it. I mean, even the people that I saw the film with, friends of mine and the audience, I don't think really went over very well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it, you can tell eventually people i kind of get this sense of like they're being like hoodwinked like okay okay you got me again like but then but then they're going to be the same people that go back next year for the one that comes out on valentine's day and it's gonna be the same movie
2: well i wonder if maybe there's a combination there of people that are following nicholas sparks because they've read the books or they like you know they seek out these movies or just the people that are looking to go see a movie and they see whatever looks like the dreamiest romance that's out that week and so it's like if it comes out on that week there's a certain audience that's gonna see it and you know so that makes sense that they've made their money back already you're absolutely right yeah
0: but i would stay away if you want to see it
2: wait till it comes out at home if you want to see a good romance just watch silver linings playbook yeah Yeah, i mean i I rewatched it and it it was maybe even better the second time because i i try like the second time i watched it i think i trusted it more because i knew it it was going to get me there and I was watching more for the kind of nuances and the kind of rhythm of it, and I, I I really appreciated the way that, like a good romance, it um, it like it saves the real romantic stuff for the very end. Yep. Like, you know, a lot of movies now that it seems like they start off and it's all about a one night stand, and they get together and they break up, and there's all this back and forth. Sure. And I think that classic form of a romance where there's just two characters and you just really want to see if they get together. I think that 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 tension where they're they're not, you know, it's their friends or they're kind of getting to know each other. I feel like the movie does a great job of sort of showing that moment when someone sort of decides I'm going to stop holding a torch for somebody that's out of my life. And I'm going to start focusing on the person that's in my life. It's actually a great moment. Really meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. And the way you realize the character has made that decision, all that stuff was really... Really powerful. But I think we were talking about this before, too, and we should bring it up. I watched it uh, a couple of months ago because I knew I wanted to see it before we decided what our best Mm -hmm. movies of the year would be. And then just recently I was watching it with my wife. And I think it's funny when you've seen a movie that you think someone will like and you're watching it with them, but as much as watching it with them, you're kind of watching them. And I think it must be a very creepy experience for the person because it's a little stalkery that you're like standing there like at an angle and you're kind of trying to cut your eyes over and you're kind of going, "Ah, ah, I knew they'd like that part. Oh, she's going to cry. This part, she's going to squeeze out a tear.
1: You know, you know those moments that hit. You're like, all right, all right, gonna gonna right. But it's yeah. almost
2: like you want to take credit for it. Yeah. There's a part
1: of you that's like, see, see, see I told you, yeah. I told you this was a good movie. See, you yeah. need to
2: listen to me more. <laughs> right.
1: Trust my judgment. And that goes
2: for many things in a relationship, yeah, not right. just movie yeah, exactly. choices. Like that's what I always hope she'll realize. Well, that was a good movie. Therefore,
0: he's right about everything. <laughs> yeah,
2: I should listen. Yeah, no, Yeah, I world.
0: watched it with my girlfriend too. Like I finally got her to watch it a couple weeks ago. And she, I mean, wait, wait, sh- your,
2: your girlfriend doesn't have to be my wife, does she? Um, let's talk about that. Later. Okay, we're talking <laughs> about two different women. know. yeah.
0: <laughs> um but yeah it was uh it, it is true i mean i sat there watching it with her and you know certain certain parts like the the, the funny parts or like the part where you get you know get a little teary-eyed you know she's gonna cry maybe mm. it's fun it's fun though like i think it's really i think it's a mark of a really good film when it's not predictable but it's effective you know and yeah. you, it hits you that way and it, and it, you know that it's going to affect somebody that you Care about you know somebody that you can you can judge their emotions a little bit oh, yeah and and it hits them exactly as you thought it would I, and I think that's effective and not predictable and I think that yeah. that film I mean again I've seen it like four times now yeah
1: I've I mean every too. time
0: I've seen it it just doesn't get old and I think it's more and more. It feels more and more like familiar to me as I watch it. And I mean, I can't say yeah. enough good things about that film. Yeah. I think I'm gonna, buy it. I'm gonna buy it I've been pulling for it. it, when I, hope, it comes out, I
2: don't man. think it's gonna pull it out, but I, I don't think so either. At the Oscars, but you know. It's gonna win some stuff. I think she's least... gonna win best Actress. Yeah, you know that scene where she comes in to that family Into that's already room. having a scene and there's like Bradley Cooper and, and Robert De Niro are both like acting their pants off. Yeah. And the way she comes in and just takes charge of that scene, I love moments like that. I mean, in movies, I love it. But I love when you can really point to an actor. You can just go, okay, that person has the chops to come yeah. in and like yeah. not just sort of steal a scene from De Niro. In good De Niro, yeah, like, you know, yeah, to, yeah. But yeah. like to dominate everybody, all those other actors it's in a that great room. Great scene. It's a really cool scene. Like yeah, I absolutely. love those types of moments. And totally. it's like when you see that and you know that someone's nominated. That I don't get real excited about the awards, as you know. But that's one of those things that makes me like I get a little excited when I think like, okay, there, there's like that. If you know anything about acting, you know the energy that you have to have to like convincingly. It 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 will not work if you can't do it. Yeah, a scene like that will no matter how well written it is, it will not totally. work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, that movie's definitely, and it's like the movies like that that are rewatchable. You know, I could see this being one that if I were to make that list we were talking about a while back of movies you kind of watch anytime they're on, yeah. I could totally see this being one that if I catch it on cable or if I see that it's on, I will I will definitely watch. Possibly the rest of it, if not a, a large chunk of it. So yeah, totally great movie. So, so what did you guys see? I mean, let's let's bounce it around a little bit, Ronald.
1: Well, I saw one. That you
2: didn't think you saw anything,
0: but now you realize I you saw yeah, it. So and then Ronald I saw basically one. lied
2: to us. He said, I "I'm going to come that... in and talk about some comic books, and then yeah. I'm going to remember a bunch of." Sh- I think what Ronald's actually been doing is while we were talking, he was he's been watching a movie on his iPad, <laughs> so he can <could laughs> talk about what so That's noise it.
1: all that noise yeah. was. Um, I saw he's Upside Down, Which upside down doesn't come out? Upside down doesn't come out till March fifteenth. But apparently, like, this is one of those movies that got pushed back a bunch. And, uh, and somebody
0: got it. their hands on it a little bit ago.
1: Yeah, and now it's it has a release date, which is March 15th. But I can still talk about it, because that's what I do. <laughs> you mm-hmm. do that. There's not an embargo yeah.
2: or something? Yeah,
1: so the story is interesting. Um, Tell so, us the whole story in detail. <laughs> ruin it well, for us. The planets, so there are two planets, and they get close enough... That they don't bang into each other, but they're close enough that... Oh, yeah. Someone from the top planet... There's sexual
2: tension between <laughs> these planets. <laughs> right. They're close, it but they're not lot. banging. And
1: they're not. They're, they're just, just like, just yeah. touch, almost just touching. Rub, right yeah. on the surface. Or they can feel the breath of one another. Right on the... I was going to okay. say panties. <laughs> That's not... That doesn't... That just got too blunt. So... uh Should those be Pla- planet planet No, that doesn't work. Move so on. <laughs> two planets are... Uh, right near each other, and they both have different sets of gravity. So the idea is each, since each planet... Science
2: sounds good. I buy it. <laughs> since
1: since yeah, each yeah, planet has its own <laughs> gravity...
2: Okay, they each have their own gravity. Done. I <laughs> one
1: item from one planet is different than the one from the other planet. So, for example, if I take a brick from another planet and go to the one below me, that brick is going to go backwards. Because it's abiding by the gravity of that planet, the prior planet. Yeah, so it gets interesting. So if you have <laughs> two items like that are from <laughs> opposing planets, they can balance each other out. But if they stay together long enough, they turn they they set on fire after a while.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so it's once again the science works yeah, out when did right. you become Stephen Hawking this is just right. like, you've been watching too much of Bill Nye so we're uh, not enough yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jim Jim Sturgis' character uh, Adam and Kirsten Dunst are from Opposing Planets is she named Eve uh, Eden Oh. Adam and Eden. <laughs> close. So basically, they they meet. Did you write this film, John. They meet when they're younger, early draft. Yeah. There's a horrible accident, and then he doesn't see her for ten years, and then he sees her again, and he finds a way to get to her. Um, but he uses insane means. So basically, also on t- on top of that, the other planet, one planet's very wealthy, and the other planet's very poor. Um. Guess who comes from the poor planet? The dude. So I didn't even I, get the guess. <laughs> so it's it's just you know a class issue, different planets, blah blah blah. It
2: looked kind of cool, but as I was watching it, I kept I was noticing two things. One, which was the story sounded a little hard to sort of take seriously as like sci-fi. It seemed yeah. more like a fairy tale yeah. or a fable. Yeah, that's one. And that of the just things. made me wonder, like, what's the tone
1: of the movie like? <laughs> the tone of the movie. That's the thing. Um, it's it's you have to abide by the laws of this. Of this story. Because when they're talking about it, you have to, they explain it very quickly in the beginning. Two planets, opposing planets with gravity. They, they mm-hmm. do it really quickly, and then they throw you into the world, and then you forget things. So, like, something will happen, and you're like, oh shit, that's why that happened, because of the planet rules. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a bit goofy. It's a bit goofy because of that. And it works in some parts, but it, it is. It is a flawed movie, and you can you can tell why it was delayed so many times. But I'll say this: visually, it is it is a it is a beautiful movie. I think I I interrupted
2: you when you were about to say something about the director.
1: Oh, the director—he's uh, an Argentinian man, and the man that has never done anything American. <laughs> an Argentinian man. <men>. <laughs> I love how you tried to combine Argentinian man. and man. <laughs> Argentinian man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an American man. <laughs> So I've never seen anything this gentleman has done, but this movie is Except for this. This movie's solid. It's a good movie to watch with a significant other, a sig of. And um you'd enjoy it. You'd enjoy it because it's ridiculous. It's it's completely ridiculous. And it doesn't it, it doesn't
2: If I try to throw a brick at my significant other while I'm watching
1: this movie, will the brick go backwards? <laughs> Maybe if it's from an opposing planet or I oh, better make sure. Right, right. Folks, before you throw bricks at people, find out what planet your bricks came oh, from. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that's what makes it so interesting. It's it's a cool I think it's cool enough to check out, but it does have its flaws. The I'll give you an example. The the planet, the gravity, the time travel situation with Time travel. Uh <laughs> time travel. Yeah, time travel rules and uh what's the name of the movie we watched? Looper? Looper are easier to follow than this is. Okay. But This is a fun movie. I'd say it was a fun movie. Okay. I don't know why it got pushed back. I think it's obviously a hard sell. It's a hard sell. Like, only because, like, I I got it because I've watched so many sci-fi movies that, you you know, like when you watch... uh, Looper or um, Out of Time, you watch those movies and you get it really quickly. You're able, to, but this is one of those movies like I can feel somebody in the movie like, what? What does that mean? How does that? You know? That's, oh, I'm lost. I'm lo- It's not that hard, to, but but I can see how people could. It, it's gonna be. I think it'll be a good release. They probably spent a lot of money on it. I didn't see how much the budget was, but it it it's probably. Lots of money. Well, it
2: certainly looked expensive from the trailer, yeah, but like I said, yeah. I could
1: just sort of tell that it was like
2: a Romeo and Juliet kind of, you know, it is wrong side of the tracks, fifty story. mil. Yeah.
1: And then there's a big twist in it that you kind of find out too, um, but that that makes the idea of love kind of coming together harder. And uh, that's it's it's still very neat, but the problem is the third act gets messy, and that's one and that's another thing. I don't know if they're gonna cut it differently, mm-hmm. but the the cut I saw of it. The third act was very choppy. When 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 the resolution happened, it was very abrupt. And you're like, oh, okay. All right. Just for a point,
0: this film, the reason that you probably were able to get a hold of this film mm-hmm. is because it came out on August 22nd in Kazakhstan.
1: <laughs> holy. <laughs> That's the only place it was released. Holy shit.
0: U.S. March 15th and Europe April 17th of 2013. <laughs> Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Thank you. <laughs> Thank I you. I wanted to throw that in there for you. And where it made $8 million. Eight eight million of its fifty million budget is already made back thanks to Kazakhstan.
2: Wow, so it's going to do well. <laughs> so, so zing. So why didn't you tell us you went to the Kazakhstan film festival, Ronald? <laughs> you didn't even invite us. Yeah, you Head wrap
1: and all, I was there. <laughs> that was you with the head wrap. <laughs> that was me. Oh, okay, Bati. That was me. I don't all know right. why I did that end uh, part. I don't know. Offensive. <laughs> <sighs> just took the wind out of the sails of Normally, this Normally, all
2: of our ethnic caricatures are so studied and appropriate. <laughs> and
1: I, love, I love impressions that are impressions of impressions. Yeah. Those are funniest.
2: Um, yeah, my, my wife has a general kind of foreign person voice that she oh, has. For anyone goodness. from another country that was talking <laughs> really? to her. it's like, Nikki. <laughs> they all talk exactly the same. Um, so so what, do you, what did you see, John? I saw a couple of documentaries. Um, one that is actually... As as the at the time you're hearing this, it will have come out just a few days before. Um, it's a movie called The Bitter Buddha. It's a documentary directed by Steve Finearts, and it's about uh, the stand-up comic Eddie Pepitone, mm-hmm. who is actually kind of a. a, a I mean. He's a he's a little bit of a that guy in that you've seen him in things like you, he he has a, a small role in in Old School mm-hmm. and he's been on a lot of sitcoms doing cameos and I you know I think every now and then I'll still see him pop up on commercials but he's this and the title of the film The Bitter Buddha really uh sort of one of the characters says that that that's one of his nicknames his friends call him that because he really is a guy who likes to believe he has this sort of serene philosophical outlook on life but right. he's just a really angry guy i mean and he's that he's that kind of angry comic that his anger is like some people it feels like they're playing a character and mm-hmm. other people it feels like there really is something inside them that just processes everything through this kind of anger so it's not right. like that kind of sam Kennison anger or that kind of lewis black anger that feels like almost like a character like with eddie pepitone you really do feel like there's something kind of... I mean, maybe it's the fact that he's in his 50s and he's still sort of a, a relatively obscure figure. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I, I, I'm i sort of a big stand-up comedy fan, so I'd sort of heard of him for years. But even I uh, didn't really know much about him until the last few years when every stand-up comic in the world had a podcast. And basically, he's shown up on a few shows, so I've heard mm-hmm. some interviews with him. And he's just a really thoughtful, interesting guy. And he really does say these kind of simple things that... Uh, contain a lot of truth. I mean, they're simple and they're kind of funny and they're kind of angry. They're not quite one-liners, mm-hmm. but he, his material is very unusual and unique. And a lot of it is just him basically getting on stage and just yelling about how much his life sucks and how much life is a joke and how much <laughs> every... But but there's a weird sort of undercurrent to it. He tries to remind you of the good things too. And he tries to remind you of all the, all the people around you that, that you do experience a lot of love in this life too. And so there's a little bit of like... You you feel like he's got something to say, I guess. And the movie is is interesting because it um, it really does show you this guy, and it shows you as with any time you see a kind of a documentary about a personality, you get you know there's all these fellow comics (coughs) that are on camera talking, speaking really highly of him, and so you get that sense that he's kind of a, a comics comic. Uh, one of them in, in the movie says that he's he's like the guitar player that all the other guitar players think is a good guitar sure. player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that maybe the casual audience member is not recognizing Aware the genius of, of that yeah. person. And And the other unique thing about him is that despite the fact that he's in his early 50s, his audience is a young audience that's into the kind sure. of alternative comedy. And mm-hmm. there's this kind of thing where I think it's... It has something to do with the fact that he is in his 50s and he is still angry about these things that seem to be like a young man trying to figure things out. Like the fact that he's in his 50s and he's still trying to figure things out and he's just bitter mm. <laughs> But the fact that he hasn't figured things out. Um, it I don't know. There's something kind of inspirational in that. And you can see why a young audience responds to him. Um, and the other thing the movie does that I thought was neat was it it doesn't just show you this guy and show you that he's kind of a frustrated guy whose career never really took off. It actually addresses some of the reasons why maybe he hasn't broken into you know through that, that ceiling into the next level of fame. Oh, wow. uh, like he mostly lives in L.A. and he mostly does shows around L.A. He doesn't tour a lot. And you kind of get a sense from the other comics in the movie talking about him that everyone sort of feels like if he would just tour more or like develop his audience more, he would probably be one of those big names. Right. But right. I don't know. It's an interesting movie and um it's a small movie. And I think so many of these documentaries that we watch are connected to even something like queen of versailles that's about a a family is connected to these larger economic issues that we've all heard about this movie is really just about a guy and his relationship with his dad and his relationship with his audience and his kind of attempt to navigate this sort of middle ground of fame and also the certain amount of hopefulness he has that like oh wait a minute uh i I might be like this might be the apex of my career but this might lead to bigger and better things you do get a sense that like Mm. you know that that he would welcome more opportunities, but he doesn't seem to want to compromise uh, in any way to get to it. So it's a really interesting movie. I I did find myself maybe about halfway, two-thirds in, kind of thinking, is there really a movie here? But the second I started to feel that way, the movie kind of takes a turn, and it comes into his relationship with his father, and that stuff is interesting enough that it really does feel like it's a very small film, it's a character study, but it feels timely because it's the story of a guy who sort of feels like life has him under uh, under its boot heel Mm -hmm. and he's scrambling to try to get out from under that and he doesn't know exactly how to do it i think we can all kind of relate to that on some level you know or even if you don't relate to it you'll relate it to somebody in your life one of those sort of people that you know is is brilliant but you know they've never seen the success that they should so i would really recommend it it's on demand right now i know it's on itunes um and i think it's going to be in theaters Uh, soon as well so i would i would definitely recommend it if you're in the mood if like a if you like movies about stand-up comics and b if you are you know willing to just sort of explore a different uh basically just a personality i mean that's all the movie is it's just an exploration of this guy and his life so definitely gonna check that out yeah
0: that sounds cool man i never i honestly don't think i've ever heard his name before i do recognize his face but i've never uh, never heard his stand up
2: i didn't really make it sound like a very funny movie but it's also it's a great entry point for his stand up because like i have he's got an album called uh, i think it's called a certain stillness like he one of his bits uh, i'll just just give you an indication that he gets up on stage and he basically says he envies the he wishes he was the audience because to him his life is just shit <laughs> but to them it's fucking hilarious yeah. <laughs> you know
1: that's kind of his his standpoint right right I got to check it out um, what about you, Steve? The only other
0: ones that I really saw were two horror films. Well, one's a horror film and one's a documentary about Halloween. Uh these are the two that I mentioned that were on Netflix. <clears throat> the first, uh, is called The Pact. I've, I've kind of like created this list of horror films. I came across an article on Shock Till You Drop that was, um, about like a horror film that you have never heard of that are good. You know, like the mm. best horror films you never heard of. And so I've created this list, and I've kind of started to work my way through it. And this was the first one that I was able to see. It's on Netflix. It's called The Pact. It came out in 2012, uh, I think, in June. Um, <laughs> I don't know to say that say the, the, to say it up front. Like I don't think it was a very good film. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple kind of solid scenes in the film that I thought were pretty creepy. The basis, the basic premise is that one um, uh, a, a young lady comes home for her mother, mu- you know, to, to mourn her mother's death. And uh, when she comes into town, she realizes her sister's gone missing, which we, we see happen in the opening scene of the film. And uh, through trying to investigate what's happened, she also, uh, her cousin disappears and all these people are disappearing. And she comes across this name, this Judas name that she keeps hearing. Um, and she do some she's doing some research. She realizes that there's like this serial killer.
1: In the library?
0: <clears throat> yeah, of course. Fuck. That's where you research, duh um of course uh named judas and she does all this research and there's a there's a link to her family a link to her mother a link to her mother's death um and some possibly some family members that she never was aware of to begin with um there's some super supernatural elements uh there's a girl in the town that's like a medium and she can like sense it and conjure these spirits and doesn't really work for me like i said there's a couple scenes that really work pretty well i mean it's definitely going after the audience that is into the sinister, the paranormal activity type films. It does have a a, a, a real bad oh, films, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah so <those laughs> um, shitty films. Like <laughs> I'm a fan of the paranormal films. Well, I like yeah. the well, except yeah. for the
1: last one. Yeah, the last but one is the only
0: one I really had an issue with.
1: But they were they that was a good. But the sinister. thing I would
0: say about this one though is that what it's playing into t- in terms of the paranormal side is more of a guide in the film, but the actual horror or the actual element of fear and. Uh, threat is a real thing Mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting i guess because i mean it's not something that there's some hokey thing going on with it's a physical it's a form it's you can touch it or touch him touch her whatever Mm -hmm. um which is kind of interesting you know when you realize what that is but uh overall not not a really solid film i hope that my list of films suggestions uh, from this website increase in value as i make my way down it but uh, the pack's on Netflix. You want to check it out. Um, it, it seems it got like 60 or 70 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. See, I don't make. remember
2: this movie coming out, but I remember a few months ago, or a couple of months ago, when I was looking on demand for a movie that I might watch, I saw it there. And it's yeah. just one of those, it was just one of those odd times where it was, you know what I mean? Like I, a movie completely s- snuck out. Like, yeah. did it, was it in I the mean, theaters it, it at showed all? It, or was th- it
0: th- showed at Sundance last year, and I, I don't think it ever really got much of a theatrical release. I mean, it did come out. It, it had, like, a small little run. I think just to get it, whatever deal they sign for distribution, it gets it into a theater. But where they're going to really make money is, like, the On Demand or the Netflix or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a smaller film. I mean, it's not like any kind of major studio release. Um, I think, I don't even think, IFC maybe did it in, in some, some small theaters, which obviously are, like, really small, landmark, art house cinemas. Mm-hmm. Um But, you know, it's on Netflix now, so if you want to check it out, I mean, Mm. some people may have already been aware of it. I was thinking it might have been, you know, my goal with this list is to find a genuine horror film that I missed and, uh, you know, like a film like The Loved Ones, which I saw last year, which I loved. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of looking for another movie like that. So I think as I'm watching them, I'll drop them on the podcast here. And as I go down my list, Mm -hmm. hopefully I find some gems and I'll just mention it real quick since it's relating to the, I guess, the horror Halloween element. Also, on Netflix is the American Scream, um, which is a documentary um, that I actually was very impressed by. I'm a I I love Halloween. I used to like make my own haunted house when I was a kid, like in the woods. We had like a little tractor. We made a haunted hayride kind of thing. I love that kind of uh, creation and development and trying to scare people. I, mm-hmm. I do that as much as I possibly can now, like <laughs> just jumping out, scaring my friends whenever I can. But this is a documentary that basically looks at three households um three families in the same town who like go gung-ho for halloween like their household their yard their family everybody's all in Mm -hmm. to decorate their house and make an experience for the kids in the neighborhood mainly and and anybody else that wants to enjoy it um it's directed by michael stevenson um you know it's a small film again it was on the chiller network it came out right around halloween it's when it made its debut there but it's on netflix now um just a really cool film. I mean, you—it's you, uh, you kind of see like the—it's uh, like finding your passion, you know. Like yeah. it's in the most random of places. But I mm-hmm. mean, there's three gentlemen in this movie that they that they center on, and that you see that they're passionate about something. And one of them has you know has this great job, and I mean, through the film, he actually loses his job, but he has this great job that pays well, and in the technology sector, and he can give a shit less about it. What he really mm-hmm. cares about all year is getting this thing for yeah. you know for the kids for Halloween. And by the end of the film, he, like, you know, is able to possibly pursue that as a career, you know, because of what happens at, a, at his other job, which I think is really cool. Um, and just seeing that much passion. I mean, I would love to go to this guy's house and check it out. I mean, it looks awesome. Like the mm-hmm. one. It's funny, though, because they do it in three levels. Like there's the guy that does it like he is hardcore, tries to make professional props. <clears throat> you know, he scenes out his whole yard, like for different scares as you walk through yeah. as if you would at like a real haunted house that you go to at, at mm-hmm. these big farms and whatnot. And then there's, like, the middle guy who's, like, you know, puts about half the effort in, still is pretty effective, looks good. And there's, like, the guy that's kind of, like, he's kind of poor, but he still wants to do what he can. He kind of throws random shit together to make mm-hmm. props and to make it something. It's uh, it's on Netflix. Um, It's on Blu-ray, DVD as well out there now. But uh, it's just a cool movie. I mean, like, I don't know. It, and it gets me, too, because, like I said, when I was a kid, I used to try to make my own Haunted Hayrides. And, like, mm-hmm you know just all my friends and family from the street would come down and ride it and it was like a blast and it's mm-hmm. like that but on a big scale and uh cool. just talking about like how they how it affects their family life especially the guy that's like the the top level kind of guy mm-hmm. like he goes to like conferences to learn how to set up the proper scare and like he goes to horror conventions to like buy props and you know it's 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 legit man and like he's trying to make it his life and one of them actually has a chance to possibly do that at the end of the film, and it's kind of cool to see it through like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would absolutely—I mean, of all the movies I've seen since we last got together, this was probably the yes. best one I saw. And I've actually watched it twice just because my girlfriend wanted to watch it with me, and uh, we watched it again because she wasn't able to see it the first time. And it's just cool. It's just fun, man. It's it's really fun to see people that care about what they're doing, and even if they're not being paid for it, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, you know, yeah. like I don't forget what that quote is, but like it's something about like you know oh man what is it like if you find what you, you find what you love to do and if you can do it every day you'll never work a day in your life something like mm-hmm. that and it's like that's what these guys are trying to do and it's it's cool it, and it's just fun that it's Halloween because I love Halloween
1: yeah, yeah. sounds yeah. good
0: yeah I'll check it out I think you'd really like it, um, is uh, it is it's is on Netflix
1: anybody interested in that documentary Room 237 oh absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, that,
2: that's on my list I want to
1: see that so yeah. bad Uh the,
2: the other movie that I saw and I know you saw it already Steve was West of Memphis yeah what did you think of that you may have mentioned it I actually, I I really liked it. I mean, I'm a huge, I don't
0: want to say fan, but I'm a big supporter and just I need to know, want to know, have to know about this whole West Memphis 3 situation. I I, I watched all the Paradise Lost films as they aired on HBO over the past like 10 years. Um, And it's kind of interesting to see this one come out because this one obviously coming out after they were released. Right. And Damien being uh, very involved in the production of this film. Um, The last Paradise Lost film... That came out a couple years ago. Um, it, there's a lot of similarities between the two. I think this one goes a little more into the investigative piece of what they were trying to find out mm-hmm. of 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 basically who did this. It's like the real issue now is not that this is that this happened, and that you know these these kids these men now were in jail for 17 or 18 years, um, but that it's still. Not solved, you know. Right. If that's the case, you know, even though they had to enter a guilty plea to get out of jail, yeah. and they had to still kind of commit to that, there's still I, it's, I it's common belief that there's you know that the real person who did that. It's still well, out there. Yeah,
2: th- yeah, it really seems like the prosecutors knew that they didn't really have the right guys. Right. So yeah. the corruption involved in that is wow. really kind of scary and depressing to think about. Like the state was not going to open up the trial. They weren't going to get a retrial. They weren't, but they were able to do this other thing. And because they pled guilty, now the state can basically say case closed. We're not. There's no investigation into who really. There's did no it.
0: more state funds. There's no more personnel. Anything being dedicated to this case anymore. And <laughs> that's I mean, weird. That's it's good. And I mean, you know, yeah. You it's, see, it's a, it's you,
2: a real bittersweet. Kind yeah, of ending.
0: You, you see, and 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 one of them actually um, in the film, you you see them. Uh, I think it's I think it's actually Jason. Yeah, it's Jason. who doesn't really want to do this because I mean, like he's. I I'm, I'm not guilty, you know, like this whole this whole ordeal has been to prove that we weren't guilty, but it's also been to get them out of jail, you know, and and, and to begin, you know, free men again,
2: you know, years later. And and the ticking clock in this case is supplied by the fact that Damian Eccles is on he's the only one that yeah. was that was uh sentenced to death. death right? So he's on death row, and so like that's where the sort of ticking clock comes in. It's like we've got to get these guys It won't matter if we prove that they were innocent after this guy's been executed. So there's sure. definitely I mean, it's a pretty compelling story. You, you associate these movies, you know, There's this is a child murder story. Mm-hmm. You associate these movies with maybe showing you a quick glimpse of, like, an autopsy photo or something like that. This movie shows so many cuts yeah. <laughs> to, like... I mean, you get such a sense of the horror of what happened to these, like, basically, like, seven- or eight-year-old boys. It's so horrifying to think about. Mm. It, the movie really does... Uh, I mean, it takes a lot for me to want to shield my eyes when I'm watching something. And this was a rare occasion where I was just like, all right, you know, like I did. Because after a while, I didn't trust the movie to cut away quickly enough. You know, you're used to seeing like half a second. And this movie would show it for like two seconds. And so it just got to the point where I was like, I don't know that I want to see the, you know, the the crime scene photos. But I do think it served to make you realize what a horrible crime. And then to at the end have that sting of, oh, and the guy that it really looks like is guilty. It can't be brought in because the case is closed. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, it's really uh, it's a tough watch. I mean, it. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how to say. It. Like, I, I feel like I've I have invested so much into the other films, the Paradise Lost film, to see mm-hmm. it go that next step further. Because in Paradise Lost Three Purgatory, they reference Terry Hobbs, who's the, mm-hmm. f- the stepfather of, of I think Stevie Branch, one of the little boys that was murdered, and it just suggested it, and it gives a little bit into yeah. it, just so that it plants that doubt. And then, but this film goes much further into that, you know, because of Peter. Peter Jackson and Fran Fran Walsh like funded this private investigator. Yeah. You find out that went outside the and system and, and, and talks to family members and like, you know, corroborating stories and, and, and how they don't and, and the friend
2: he was supposedly with as have, an alibi is a huge is yeah, a huge part of the story. Big scene, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's I mean it reminded me of the imposter in that sense, in that there's those scenes where you just get chills yeah, thinking about it's like, like a turn. Yeah, did I yeah. tell
1: you that I saw that? Oh no. Okay, I saw it. Good. That's another thing I saw. <laughs>
0: Good. But yeah, West of Memphis. I mean, I don't. I don't really. I'm still very confused by its release pattern. I don't know exactly how. I mean, I know it showed right right in in, in theaters in end of December, and it's I think it's gotten some sort of release now through January, but I, I don't I don't see it in any theaters where we are. But mm-hmm. um, I think I mentioned it on my top films of the year. I yeah. I'd definitely seek the film out if you can get a hold of it because it's it's a I think it's an important film to see because it's it's a true injustice and. And an unsolved mystery that is very disturbing. And I mean, I don't I have, have kids. I know you do. Yeah. I just oh it no, bothered the that, hell out. That of might me. have been
2: why some of those shots bothered me so much. Plus, the investigation, the new evidence about what actually happened to their bodies—whether it was injuries before they were killed—or. That stuff was gripping beyond belief, like, absolutely, and it was crazy to see. I mean, like some of that stuff. Yeah, there's a couple of aha moments in there that just make you go, "Oh my god, I can't believe that this it took them this long to to see that." To see that? Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's a getting to be an off-told story. Isn't there going to be a fictional version of that as well? Yeah, I think like Reese Witherspoon oh, okay. and wow. uh,
0: Colin Firth are in it. I, I think would still recommend it. that someone
2: watch the Paradise Lost film. I would
0: see, I have them. I, I would recommend the Paradise Lost film. I mean, they're yeah. they're a lot more in depth because, like John said, they're kind of. The timing of them were at the, you know, the time or closer to the time that it actually happened, Mm -hmm. you know, in the middle of the process of trying to realize that there's been a problem in in how this was served and and the attempt to get that changed. And then the last one kind of showing that last push and and, an eventual success. And I think that that the timing of when they came out um, in terms of what evidence was was covered, uh, uncovered and also the support that swelled for them. You know, through those films, I think is really impressive
2: to watch I'm gonna too. check it out. And yeah, yeah. In fact, if you watch the first one, if, if and you if if someone said to you, "It'll be another 15 years before these guys are out," you might have shit your pants. Absolutely, you know? like, absolutely. Because even in the first movie, it seems pretty clear that they were kind of railroaded. Yeah, totally.
1: So, um, yeah. So I saw the Imposter. I guess what we were talking about uh Yeah. What do you think? It was so good. The thing, the thing, the thing about it is, how the hell? I don't know. Do you I don't know.
0: <laughs> it, it, I can't it, say an answer to that we without so saying you about, had to have been involved in why that kid went missing. What yeah. was so weird about that
1: too is like when when they had the the private investigator, it made him seem like he was smarter than he really was. It's just common sense. Yeah, it's yeah. Like you see two people. <laughs> he's like, well, hold on. Yeah. I see. I see Neil. Well,
2: he's the, the first the
1: one picture. to say that guy doesn't
2: look like that guy. You know. Right. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: Which. Which. Most people would have done it anyway. Yeah. It's just a very strange thing the way it it occurred, but it was it was a solid movie. I I felt like it kept me interested the whole time, and it made me cringe so much. Mm-hmm. Oh man! And seeing the guy actually speak when the footage was—I just wanted to be, you know. I, was I like, know. man. What the hell, man? <laughs> how does that happen? <laughs> how, do you, how do you how do you convince yourself that that's your kid, though? That's uh, yeah.
0: Glad you finally saw it.
1: It's yeah, great. I enjoyed it. I yeah, enjoyed it. I'm glad I saw it.
0: It seems that there's been like a, I think positive documentary experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a lot I of the films that we've see, talked I about. I need to
1: see a good documentary, and I'm glad I saw Imposter. I, I, I'm gonna try to watch some more. Yeah, I put know, that American Scream in
2: your queue. Yeah, I think, I think Netflix
1: it. is starting to become. King of Documentaries. Well, searching and for Sugarman is know. up
2: on uh, iTunes as well. For like that was really oh I saw $5 that too. Exactly. That was
0: great. Yeah. Okay, I'm I gonna check saw it that too. Out. We'll, we'll yeah. check it out next yeah, time. We'll, we'll talk, talk about out. it more. Yeah. Yeah, that'd yeah, be good. Cool. Um Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like documentaries. It's hard. I don't know. I guess that's probably too general. To Say it's hard to go wrong, but the ones that find uh, a mainstream awareness yeah. or exposure usually are are pretty yeah, solid. solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're right. Netflix really has it's, opened up the can. I was mentioning earlier. Yeah, so many. I think they're just kind of trying to, um, you know, it's it's definitely a, a, a treasure trove of like documentaries yeah. or, you know, old TV shows, but the documentary piece is huge. I mean, and I love the I think the Netflix recommendation engines are incredible, like after you watch a film and you rate it. Or if you go through and rate other documentaries, I mean, there's been like four or five random things I've never heard of in my life that it's recommended after I watched The American Scream or Mm -hmm. after I watched Queen of Versailles on there. I watched that again. You know, the random documentaries I never knew were out there and I've watched like, that's That was good, at least good. That's more than I can say for some of these movies that we're seeking out in theaters or Mm -hmm. waiting to come out on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. Or or,
1: or (laughs) avoiding like Good Day to Die Hard. or something. I don't know. I've been avoiding the hell out of it. I still kind of want to see it, though. And I think that they've also been working on their quality, just the quality of the. I read an interesting article article. about that. The quality of the Netflix movies
2: that they well, because they have to really update their delivery system if they're going to do the. I mean, like when Arrested Development comes out in May, I think it's supposed to come out. How do you feel
1: about them plopping the season? Well, I was about to say that makes me uncomfortable. I I think it's a cool thing
2: for something like what Arrested Development is supposed to do, because supposedly those are episodes that could be watched in any order. Like, they've they supposedly made it so that right, there's right. interlocking well, scenes, cool. but like you could watch them in whatever order you right, want right. to. I, I, which, to me, that kind of thing sounds really fun. But but what's interesting is they, they definitely have updated their delivery system because they know that, for instance, when that show comes out, they're expecting everyone in the world to try yeah. to watch all the episodes, like, in a block, um, you know. But the other thing that was related to what you were saying about the recommendation engine and everything the way that they can monitor not just what you watched, but when you stopped watching something. Oh, when God. you pa- when you paused something and came back to it, what you paused, and they can actually probably have a metric for, well, a lot of people stopped this, but they finished, or they stopped this, and they seemingly came back a week later, and fin- or whatever, they can tell. So, I mean, it might give them, like, a false sense of security about, like, Pegging, well, people love this and they hate this. They don't Uh, know if you stopped watching it because you had an an emergency or because something came up or because you were bored. You know what I mean? So it can be misleading, but I'm to understand that that show, House of Cards, was was, was sort of put together as a like, they know people like, they know that their uh, uh, customer base liked Kevin Spacey. They knew their customer base liked. David Fincher. They knew their customer base was watching these cable dramas in, dro- you know, like uh, all these. Yeah. So it's like they had all this information about what people's viewing habits were. Yeah. And they might be, I mean, you could probably say that other services would have that too. But I think Netflix has, has done a good job of developing the technology. I mean, in a sense, like, yeah, it's great when it recommends something you might actually like. Yeah. Or, it it's, it prob- or when it recommends something you actually already like. Yeah. But it's weird to think that that information, that every little move you make on Netflix is somehow getting recorded into their, like... They could probably algorithm. sell
1: that data for... a uh, Large chunk. Well, I mean, of money.
2: I'm, I don't get too paranoid about that idea of like what I mean, just is to, out there, just but like that, studios, that, yeah. But just I mean, that idea it does yeah. start, start to seem a little bit like okay, that now they're trying to read our minds, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now they're trying to program, and I guess maybe what I'm saying is I don't know that programming that's made purely to to satisfy what they see as a certain demographic demand. I don't know in the end if that's the best instincts to follow when you're making content
1: yeah but sometimes uh, it's just haphazardly becomes popular like arrested development i don't think anybody predicted that it would have that came out it seemed
2: like an odd yeah it
1: got canceled and then it it became a a cult classic so it's interesting to see how they're gonna handle it i don't like the idea of them plopping it down all of the episodes at the same time because they did it for um house of cards Cards. (laughs) and I, i just watched a pilot I'm hooked. I'm Dude, probably going
0: to. I've watched it all. You watched it. It's all? Great. I'm probably going to watch it. I, of... I think it's great. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's the best thing out there, but yeah, it's, I mean, for it's... what
1: it is, I mean, I do. So I watch House of Cards, and it reminds me of that. I don't know if you watch House of. I mean, not House of Cards, House of Lies. <sighs> yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, House it's... of Lies has a like. It's just a like. Talking that is so the,
2: confusing that there are two cable dramas that have come out like in the same year. Yeah. Talking to the and screen and
1: like the the like, I like that. And the in the, the, the minute the the way he manipulates things, House of Lies is a better show. I feel like
0: House, of, House of... of Cards is like House of Lies, and Game of Thrones had a baby. In terms okay. of how many different camps there are and double cross, yeah. you know all these,
1: and also Scandal. You ever Scandal? Oh, you, yeah, you're I'm talking about scared. that. No. Scandal is my show. Oh, Your house is falling down, John. <laughs> yeah.
0: I feel like I actually kind of like it, but it makes me worry about Netflix in, in terms of being able to sustain something. Right, right. You know, there's no real ad revenue coming from that. And, and the Netflix the, CEO is an ass. The idea is to also... I don't know
1: if you've ever read any interviews with him. He is an ass. Oh, like He's yeah. a very, like...
0: The idea is to also like they need to not only maintain their subscriber base but grow it. So yeah. like with House of Cards, they gave away the first episode. They like, set up a site where you go watch the first episode without Absolutely. needing a membership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you that that's great and everything. But then when they get the membership and they sign up and it's month to month or whatever, they watch all thirteen and they're gone. Like right. how do you prevent that? Right. Exactly. And I mean that's that's where you need to use it as it's a it's a gateway for people yeah. to get into it. And to see that there are other things inside of this. Don't magical you think world all subscription
2: surfaces, though, kind of bank on the idea that it that whatever difficulty it poses for you to ca- have to cancel something, you're <laughs> oh totally. you're, you're not going to go to that totally. problem. You yeah. know what I mean? I like,
0: I will, but I'm, no, I'm saying people, I think a lot of
2: people do. Yeah, but I, do, th- right, the I do think that they're counting on you but, to go. oh, well, I'm signed up, and like Netflix is very easy to do. cancel,
1: which is also yeah. very interesting. Yeah. You think that it'd be re- very hard? It's just like get out oh, done. Yeah. I thought that it'd be like, You sure, you sure? Well send it here. Well, they, think
2: about that though. If they do have people that subscribe just for a month just to watch something like do? that, though they'll, they'll they still make eight dollars off of every yeah. one of those people. You're
1: absolutely right. You know I think the next thing they have to they're gonna have to spring for is a sci fi level something. Did they, they have, have a those... they have that Eli Roth uh the
0: Yeah, yeah. Horror? It's it's horror oh sci- yeah, it's horror. I think it's horror. Maybe horror wow. sci fi. Um. God, I don't even know. I should probably know the name of that because I actually really want to see that. It's like the
1: name of a street or something like that, I think. P.S. Um, Hannibal. How you feeling about that? Did you see the trailer?
2: This really has turned into TV-shmeavy. Yeah, it has.
0: Uh, I did see the trailer, yeah. I, I mean, it looks good. Ha- Hemlock Grove is the Eli Roth one. Oh, yeah. does um, that come it's, out? It's horror. Um, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't have the
1: schedule in front of We don't of me. traffic
2: in facts
1: and <laughs> information on this put. podcast. What's they that? See when they put the gem, did they? Did they stamp a date on it? Uh, I'm trying yeah. to look it up now for you,
0: but I don't know. I know they were p- pimping it out like crazy for uh, when House of Cards, House of Cards hit uh, April 19th. Oh, that's close. So that's the in between for. I mean, this is an original mm-hmm. one that they produced as well. I guess what you kind of were alluding to a little bit, like even if they sign up for the you know the month and get that eight dollars from the person, you know, my question is in this model. Getting those one-off users or even if it's a user that comes on and just says, okay, I'm going to subscribe to this. I may watch the movie every once in a while, but I'm going to subscribe to this because you know, they're going to come out with other, these other original shows. Instead of paying for ABC, NBC, this stupid cable package, yeah. I'll just stick with the $8 a month, and I'll watch whatever they put out and maybe catch some other stuff while I'm at it. Yeah. That's what they're banking on, mm-hmm. that person, that user, because the reality is I think that $8 that they're getting in – I think that if it was a normal network paying or making money off of their advertising, if you look at the number of subscribers to like a you know whoever your cable provider is in this area, of Comcast, Verizon, mm-hmm. whatever, the actual network, how much they get back net from these advertising dollars for each viewer, I mean that eight dollars may be substantially more. Yeah. From you know yeah. what somebody watching Scandal or uh, you know pick whatever ABC, NBC show you mm-hmm. watch. And that's where I think I, I would love to know more about that. I, I, I've i been trying to find information about that because it
2: really interests me. Yeah, like how much money do you actually – Some I mean, by me watching NBC yeah. programming, how much money is NBC actually making off of me on Thursday night when I turn on my television for the yeah. only time I turn on to exactly. a network all week and watch exactly. three sitcoms and then yeah. don't go back and I'm to I'm gone. Yeah. But, you know, I, I pay how every month. How valuable am I to NBC? I pay
0: every month for, you know, whatever whatever your bill is. I mean, yeah. cable bills are astronomical now. They're ridiculous. You know, and you, like, a person, like, and I, I have a cable subscription, and I never watch TV. I never watch TV. I have to have it, though, because otherwise they just r- pretty much rape me just to have internet in my house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is and crazy.
2: It's crazy. That is I, a bad I, plan, Steve. Yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> they didn't even discuss that. I mean, <laughs>
0: like, not to, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. You just moved into your newer place, and, like, and, and, and to get a plan yeah. of a good internet subscription, it's almost as much as if you yeah. got the double play or whatever the hell it's yeah. called, yeah. or just to get it by itself. But my point is, is that, I just feel like the you know getting me to pay $8 so you know in the course of a year for me to pay $96 uh you know to to subscribe to Netflix that's one, that's one month's cable bill you know what I'm saying yeah. like and his, it,
2: his math checks out.
1: I yeah, think, thank you. I yeah. think that I think what they're banking on too is that the this whole idea that people're going to kind of lean towards <clears throat> that for content. So I think the the brave person, the brave director that says I'm going to release this too Netflix exclusively mm-hmm. is when it's going to shake things up a little bit. Well,
2: you know, it is true that a film,
1: a film, yeah, it is true a that film. like
2: if you think that's about the on-demand model or the iTunes model or those places where like same time as theaters, like when mm-hmm. a mo- we've already discussed this, yeah. how a movie that yeah. might be in three cities yeah. can be on demand, maybe net, maybe bypass, you know, maybe do that same thing. They actually, except, have
1: been doing it for like some of Netflix. the documentaries and stuff. Like if you notice that some of the some of the stuff that's that's currently in theaters like documentary stuff is some of the some of the indie movies they've been putting on Netflix very fast
0: like Sleepwalk with me was yeah. one of the ones Yeah so Dr. like they're McCullough. starting
1: that whole model slowly and and I kind of I think I'm I'm gaining a lot more respect for the Netflix Yeah I know model. you
0: used to hate it we used to I, go oh back man, and forth about stupidest it so thing in
1: the world Yeah, and it still has some stupid aspects to it. but that what they're doing is really I think it's revolutionary and I think that other people need to pay attention. I only
0: regret that 2 months ago I didn't buy a shitload of Netflix stock. Right. Cuz <laughs> last month their stock like doubled in price. Yep. Really. And Damn. I mean their their subscriber base has grown. Now maintaining and growing that is yeah. the challenge. I mean they've really spiked I mean, I love everything about Netflix. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think they have some question marks in their business model, and and you know. See, I never minded
2: the slight price increase because it seemed I like it was still all. a good deal. But People what's funny really is that no it. one talks about Quickster anymore. We've all just yeah. forgotten <laughs> <Yeah>. Quickster. <laughs> just let's just yeah, sweep it under yeah, yeah, the rug. Just wah, 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 wah. Yeah,
0: but I totally yeah, I think about I, I think that. Netflix is. Just, I don't I don't have the physical disc plan. I just do the yeah, streaming. Right. Same. but I mean, I think the fact. I mean, Netflix is in everything. I mean, the smart TVs, the Blu-rays, the gaming consoles, your smartphones.
1: Have you watched Netflix on like Apple? Apple TV, it's mm-hmm. great. What is what the hell, man? Like they've really been stepping up their sharp. Everything's sharp. What well, did you, know, you super HD? Do you? Yeah, know?
0: that's what I was say. Netflix has super oh, HD man. now that they're releasing. And Unfortunately, it's not in this here, area, either. it's not supported by the.
2: It will be soon, Cables I think. provider. I've noticed a lot fewer buffering problems though. I mean, I would yeah. say.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think their infrastructure is improved so as well. So they, I, I think they really I, I like it to it. note that I love this conversation about Netflix. Yeah, I love just this comment. Yeah, it had to. I mean, I, I think that I think that what what happened. I think it's was, a it's a it's a turning point. Watching House of Cards, watching that whole season in in one weekend, which I did when it <laughs> came <watched> out. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, shotgunning it I like you would it. a
2: show that that you. I want to catch up on. Yeah, I, think I mean, brilliant. if I'm yeah. not sitting
0: in front of my TV, like I don't ever do. Yeah. I seek these shows out. You know, online sites, whatever, Mm -hmm. friends that have a DVR, whatever it is. And I do that. I would prefer, personally, to watch a season back-to-back-to-back-to-back. I do that for most of the shows I love. If I fall more than two two episodes behind, I'm going to wait, and I'm going to watch them all at once. I do Mm -hmm. that for Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, Dexter, all these shows that I love. Mm -hmm. Because I just don't sit down and watch TV every week. And this... You know, making content delivered to me on any device that I want—I don't have to seek it anywhere. It's a part of my eight-dollar membership, and it's a quality show yeah. made by quality directors—one of my favorite directors—and yeah. a lot of great talent in the film. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that. You know, when the Emmys come around next year, I don't know how that's going to work into it, but Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright are absolutely going to be nominated for Best Actor and Best Actress Emmys, and I think that's going to shake things up. When yeah. they might even—and she, I think, may even win. Yeah. For an online series, I mm-hmm. mean that's going to be crazy, that's right? That's going to make people go I mean,
1: bonkers, man, yeah. and that's why that's when people really are going to say shake it maybe, maybe it'd be okay if we released a movie. In I this. would love that,
0: Ronald. I think that uh, I, I would love to love see it. how that works because
1: it's. I mean, <clears throat> I think that there's such a stigma about things going straight to DVD and video on demand for some people because they don't realize that there is some value in that, and everything doesn't have to have the. The same sort of I think that people felt like that about music too that music couldn't be delivered anyway but mm-hmm. the way that it's delivered by record labels and stuff like that but people are their own record labels people are their own producers and directors and there's now web series on um YouTube and oh, Vimeo totally. and, and I think that there has to be a place where the business model has to change because shitty things are being produced on these mainstream forums and if they can't adapt then people are going to make their own stuff and we just look at how some way. of
2: the networks are scrambling and like nbc oh, God, tanking yeah. uh left and right with, yeah. with, with God, like big yeah. big shows that were supposed to be big not happening yeah uh i mean who knows maybe the maybe the programming <clears throat> for something like this because of that sort of that ability to sort of predict what your taste might be maybe mm. that even makes that's it true. a little bit less of a gamble for them that they can know like well we definitely have a demographic that's part of our our, our customer base, that likes, you know, like, for instance, probably with the Eli Roth series, they know there's a lot of people that go on Netflix and watch horror. Yeah, yeah totally. Oh, you know? man, it's,
1: it's going to kill when it comes out. They,
0: they have amazing horror I mean, um, and they have an amazing horror library, yeah, you know, yeah. a catalog of titles. Well, what yeah. I love is
2: that it's if if it's a genre like that that you might just watch anytime. There's definitely some shit you've never heard of that totally. might that. You, sometimes you see it's got one and a half stars, and you go, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and see what this is about." But other times you you know you'll see that it's gotten positive reviews. It is possible for something really good to kind of slip through the cracks mm-hmm. and show up on Netflix. But yeah. no, it's interesting. It definitely feels like. I would love to see what what wrong yeah that, I was about saying like, that and for that stigma to kind of go away because I mean when you think about the fact that what you were saying about music I mean let's not talk too much about the artists making money because yeah, that's yeah. a different thing but just as far as like how how you approach things it definitely has what we now look at it almost seems like there was a bubble of time when it was possible for the for the companies to kind of control how the money was made yeah. in music because there was only one way to get music you had to go to the shop and buy it and yeah. now that there's all these different ways i mean yeah it does it does it does seem to sometimes trickle down to artists making more specific work that m- might not get made if you were waiting for a giant yeah. company to back this Early. material it's the so if netflix get gets into kind of like a little bit yeah. more of the kind of little indie things and things like that that like you know might not have had any kind of audience, and now it's getting it's yeah. getting pushed by that by it, that venue that's pretty that'd be pretty
1: impressive I think the problem with netflix it, it, the is the problem that I'd have as a director the idea that well oh, that's right you don't like netflix i I hate it in a lot of ways, <laughs> but I do love aspects of it. It's the idea that if I make a movie, it gets thrown into this pile, and somebody will watch it, but it's still not the same way that it would be if it were on a shelf, and somebody could say, "Damn, this is a movie i got I could pick up, I could touch." It, it's a fearful. It's it's a, a fear that I have as a person. Well, there
0: need. That's where there needs to be multiple channels of distribution. I mean, I think Netflix is yeah. a is a channel, it's, not the yeah. channel. And I think there's no reason, and I will be shocked within the next year or two if this doesn't go this way. If Netflix is going to really go for this, mm-hmm. <clears throat> if they can uh, a reported budget of fifty to one hundred million dollars, depending where you read, goes towards making a season of House of Cards, mm-hmm. thirteen episodes. Why can't? A budget like that go towards producing <clears throat> a feature-length film yeah. that would otherwise see release in a movie theater or 10 yeah. theaters or whatever. Yeah. Cause the same thing, like John said, somebody pays eight dollars just to join for that month or for two months, or even if they make you sign a minimum thing. Yeah. Eight dollars just to, if you want to check it out, if somebody's in it that you like and they'd market it, they promote it, they find a way to do that, advertising, you know, radio, whatever. That's what it costs to go see a movie at the theater. It's yeah. more than that
2: to see a movie at the theater. Yeah. And
0: that's just... You're getting the keys to something much bigger than that one thing, And, and but that's your way in. And you're just one person subscribing, exactly. but you could,
2: you, know, you could have five people watching. Yeah. So. yeah. HD. In your house. Yeah, I
1: think it's just...
2: Something's got to give. It's exciting to me. I'm, I'm I mean, almost yeah. too cynical to think this is actually true, but part of me thinks this... The idealistic part of me thinks this... It sounds like there's such a direct correlation between like the quality of the product and the quality of the work that it will, as long as the work is good, you know what I mean? As long as the shows are good or the movies are good, it's a little bit like that HBO model that HBO has always got something to offer. Like in the way that they've developed it now, where people used to subscribe the three months that Sopranos was running and then they drop their subscription. But now if you're like a fan of that type of drama, every, you know, HBO knows what they're doing. They've always got something to kind of keep you going. So I feel like if Netflix can kind of ascribe to that, and if they can keep making high quality stuff, yeah, then, then it does seem like it opens them up to do much more interesting things than you could ever expect a network yeah. to do. And that idea that it really is like, if it's not good, people are not going to watch it, and they're going to have very specific data about when people checked out. Yeah. yeah, you know that might lead to better content. It's hard to know, but I do think the the yeah. idea of just high quality content is is really exciting. That's,
1: they have to get to a point where like people trust the brand. It's getting to a point now where HBO wise. I literally will watch anything that they put out. You'll at least Just, give it a shot. Yeah, because you know that. So, for example, Enlightened. I was like, Enlightened is probably going to be a shitty show. I watched it. I'm in love with that show. It's the idea that you trust HBO enough to give it a chance.
0: Yeah, you trust their program. You trust
1: their program, and yeah. they make. I have never. I have not seen a show within the past three, four years that's failed me yet you know what i mean i did that with the first
2: season of girls i knew i wanted to watch it and then i waited until it was over and i just we just you know we watched them all in a weekend mm -hmm. and i have not watched any of the new season because i kind of thought i'll give it five or six weeks to to get into it because i know that when i watch that show i'm like i like spending time with those characters so i i'm I'm happy just to watch another one and then another one and another one so so to me it seems like yeah if netflix and especially the whole drop and everything at once to me that feels like a ballsy thing to do. It is.
1: It makes me kind of feel weird, but I. I mean, it, I
2: mean, like I do think there's something to be gained from wandering for a week, maybe two, and
1: having those water cooler conversations. I and feel stuff. like two at a time is good, but everything's so fresh. Fract- two two hours of a show a week is but crazy. I but think the, with no commercials,
0: the whole idea of that water cooler thing you just mentioned, the whole notion of water cooler, that's not that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, because people like because of social media and they're they're playing on the second screen, their phone, while they're watching netflix house of cards on their tv or on their computer it's it's, it's it happens in the moment now it doesn't have yeah. to wait till the next day you're watching house of cards or you're watching scandal or you're watching whatever and texting me dude you gotta check this show out like yeah. what do you think of this when this happened on southland or whatever it happens now yeah the water cooler thing is so it, it's it's just it's changed so much that having the th- i don't feel that having you're saying
2: the- that social media is why i'm it's always so lonely i always stand by the water you're cooler you're waiting by yourself
0: <laughs> I'm everybody there else by the on, water everybody else is on twitter yeah. and everything else
1: the water cooler Did Anybody anybody watched
2: the office it? last night and there's just <laughs>
1: crickets it's very different now it's like it's like I come in, I'm, it's I'm a near a water now, cooler, you're like, yeah, hold right. on, I'm about to say something, no, I, have you seen episode three? Yeah. Okay, have you seen right. episode three? What about the part where, like, I that's... hate having to check to see where people are. And they're like, <laughs> no, 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 I'm on some...
2: <laughs> No! But, but yeah, I, maybe you're right, Steve, it's like, as I said that, I was like, I, the message board is the water cooler Absolutely. Now, you know. Yeah, so it's like, you, right. you can find the spoiler board and just, yeah, you're right but but you know what i'm saying there is something Absolutely. to be said for like I definitely know the what sort of mean. suspense and the kind of wondering what's going to happen but it, but happen. if you change that and we say that this is how most of us consume new shows now anyway it's great i mean again i think it's ballsy of netflix to just go ahead and get ahead of that and say this is yeah. how we're going to deliver it to you you can watch it however you want you know
0: yeah i agree it's 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 risky they have to really commit to the programming like the regular schedule of programming just like hbo does when one season drop one show drops off the other one starts up yeah. and, and 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 season out season in so if, if you know, if House of Cards is there the beginning of the year f- series, you know, the beginning of the second quarter of the year, you know, come April, they need to drop something, you know, which yeah. is that yeah. Fenwick, whatever the hell, the Hemlock, Hemlock Grove, Grove yeah. and that hits. And then the rest of the developments in the summer, they have to keep it going <coughs> so right. that there's something for me to say, oh, the next one is that. Yeah. I'm going to look forward to that now because yeah. I
1: already consumed this. Maybe maybe you're right because even though it, they dump them all at once, I have yet to watch the second exactly. episode. Exactly, because everybody works at a different pace, and that's the cool part about exactly. Because I'm I'm going to, but it's
2: there. I've even for seen when some outlets to. doing episode reviews on a weekly basis, and then having like a a. A different person review the whole season at once. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah I mean? I've seen so that it's, too. Like, it's like, and that's what's the funny thing too. And I guess you know, we, we thought we had nothing to talk about. This is the longest we've recorded in a long time. Um, I, I, I love this topic. <laughs> yeah, but like um, the interesting part of that, uh, just in relation to the fact that you can view it either way, um, it's almost like there's been this whole little sub industry of bloggers that blog about shows every week when they come out, and so it's almost like those people have to, you know what I mean, like, there's there's sites that that's what they do. They just yeah, yeah. post recaps and reviews of episodes of shows. And so they were there. there's so many people who are used to sort of processing television shows by reviewing them on an episode-to-episode basis. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there have been various people that have said you can't really, like, you can't take a show like The Wire or you can't take a show like Deadwood or something like that and review it episode-to-episode as much as you can say, once you've seen a season, you can talk about what they were trying to do. Sure. So it's interesting to see what does that do to the bloggers that have kind of made their they bread and butter the idea that they're going to do weekly you can still do it with those
1: other ones though that's the cool part you can still do it with like the the fox shows the abc <laughs> that because there's still a large right. the, the the in fact twitter twitter on those big days is still yeah those are those are hot topics those shows yeah, so definitely. there's still a that's like a half and half sort of thing the, the the population that wants to tweet the live tweet a show And then, which is the
2: people are so proud of watching a show that they want to spoil it for everybody. I like
1: Like, live tweeting award shows. That's that's fun to me. But TV shows, I I I think there's something morally wrong with messing up a story or something through that way.
0: I think I think that this is just another way. I don't think it's going to become the rule. I think it's going to be a a shift that uh, this generation and you know those to come. It's gonna become a rule, maybe. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think it I think it could. I think that like John mentioned earlier, networks have a lot they roll the dice a lot of times with these new programming and they kinda of pump out shit a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that some of them ever catch on is because of what they put it before or after. And when those shows goes away, they're they're left in the water. Like with the mm-hmm. example with NBC, like all these big shows that were doing so well after the I think the voice. I was reading an article. You know, yeah. the, the the shows that were leading into and out of The Voice were doing so great, and then when The Voice ended in December, those shows are now tanking, and they have nothing really that's going... Well so
2: their choice is to <clears throat> either uh, you know luck out with something, right. which they can't control, yeah. or to try to bleed The Voice dry the way years ago they bled like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire exactly. dry, and then they bled American Idol dry. It gets to the point where they, they, they <coughs> have to try to run it so much so that it, they can benefit from it, that yeah. it becomes then kind of a workhorse. I don't know. It's interesting to see that the networks uh, like there doesn't seem to be whatever technology Netflix is using to accurately predict what people want to watch. doesn't seem that the networks have, have a firm yeah, handle. Right. that. Nielsen does not provide well, that. Yeah.
1: I think that's the thing. Like, I think that's the, that's the interesting thing that like, uh, it's like an old man with these, these old methods of dealing with things. It, it's almost like it's, why did it's, you look at me when you said this old No, thing? no, no, no. You know what it actually he reminds me He pointed at me? you, yeah, actually. You know what it actually Just, reminds he point, me He won't put his finger down. Uh, the whole Jack Donaghy thing on mm-hmm. 30 Rock. Like, that that was a metaphor for the literally the for way... For the network, yeah. For the way the... Ne- it's like she was on the network making fun of how the network handles... These things, yeah.
0: So I don't know. It's cool. I think it's, it's going to be cool.
1: interesting to watch over the next couple of years,
0: yeah. and we'll continue to talk about it. But I think not no more today. I think because yeah, right. we, we've gone on for yeah, too long. That's <laughs> like a
2: whole separate podcast. I think I don't even know if we planned on talking about Netflix. No, not yeah, at it, all. It
0: just came up because I mean a lot of what we saw or like everything I pretty much I saw was on Netflix. Yeah, and uh you know it's good stuff, man. But I don't know. That's a lot we talked about tonight. I mean, it's a lot of catching up. You know, American Scream, uh, the Pact. John talked about The Bitter Buddha and West of Memphis. Yeah. Ronald. Upside, upside down. down. And uh, something
2: else. You well, finally
0: saw The imposter. Impostor. Oh, The imposter. You
2: know. I talked about the joys of rewatching Silver Linings. Oh, yeah, Playboy. Silver
0: Linings. Yeah, I mean, you know. we'll, I, I'll say that every episode, I guess. <laughs> Just watch Silver Linings if you haven't. If you have, watch it again. Please. But, um, yeah, so we're trying to get back in the swing of things now. Um, get life back on track. Moviesmovie.net is the site. Moviesmovie um, Movie at gmail.com if you want to send us any suggestions, email, feedback, whatever. You'd like to send us um, as long as it's
2: nice. Mm-hmm. If it's not, don't bother. Um <laughs> don't be a turd. Yeah, don't be a turd. Let's, or like do that thing, like the whatever the compliment sandwich. Do that thing where you, you can <laughs> mention a couple of negative things but couch it in, in some more yeah, positive right, right. Just, just yeah. fool me. Yeah. Fool 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 us. Like so. we don't want you to be mean. We just want yeah. you to be honest. Right, yeah, right.
0: yeah. Um, but yeah, continue to listen. Thanks so much for coming back
2: to us. If you missed us. Thank you. We've missed yeah, and, you. Yeah. Know, and yeah, we, we definitely missed this. Last time you heard us, we were promising a Valentine's oh, episode right. that didn't happen. <laughs> right. But I also want to just say... You fuckers didn't exactly call in right, the, the right. Google Voice line either, so yeah, it, it's a ghost town on that line. right, yeah, right there. <laughs> There's nothing there. <laughs> I think fine. it's. I think. It, I think you guys actually
0: broke it by not calling it. <laughs> but, uh, but we are going to do something special next week. Yes, Ooh. we're gonna. We're gonna do. Uh, well, this this weekend's obviously the Academy Awards. Really looking forward to it. Um, we're gonna do our own version next week. Maybe talk a little bit about the winners and losers and uh, our thoughts on that. But we're gonna have our own little schmooey awards. Yep. Yeah. We're gonna come up with some uh, categories and some uh, our picks for. Some maybe not so normal categories that you oh, saw yeah. at the Oscars this year. Uh, maybe some just general categories. I don't know. We haven't even decided yet. <laughs> right. It, it's very dynamic topic at this point. And we're going right. to spend
2: also at the end of that episode seventeen hours talking about Netflix. <laughs> we're
0: going to Netflix <laughs> Netflix part two because John oh, wow. and Ronald will have watched House of Cards.
1: Probably. Right. Right.
0: Um, but yeah, that'll be fun. I think it's going to be cool. We'll come yeah. up with some different categories and uh, maybe talk about some movies that didn't get any love at the Academy Awards or just. Right. Random-ass movies that we just happened to love last year. Yeah. Um, nice little... Another reason to talk about great movies from last year that we haven't seen any good ones beginning of this year. Yeah. Right. So far. Lots, of, lots yeah. of bad ones. Yeah, yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, uh, you've made our day. Take care. Bye. I enjoyed this. <laughs> you know, as Ron didn't talk about any, like, boobs,
2: vaginas, buttholes. I didn't. I didn't. You know, I I like that. When, when, he, when he started talking about The imposter. And I was thinking, like, (laughs) were there boobs in the imposter?
0: I missed that. Yeah.
2: What's Ronald going to talk about?